is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Guess what? It's another episode of the Straight from the Net podcast, and I'm Danielle. And I'm Jamie, and I'm talking directly into my microphone. <laughs> We had, like, the hardest time with our microphones. Like, I we, I think we need better ones. I don't... Sometimes I wonder if we should have those ones that, like, like come off Jackson? your head and, like, yeah. In control? And then come, like, towards your mouth and then you're always talking right into it. Right. Because I would be like, when I was 17, I did what people told me. Like, I would, <laughs> I would go full on, like, Janet Jackson with that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting news. It's no. not even news. <laughs> I was like, is it news? I have news. What's your news? I'm going to be a drag queen. Oh, that's right. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so as we all know that our fact checker, Jay, has got a new Mm boo-boo. Brian, I fucking love him, by the way. I mean, like, first of all, he'll talk about people with me, and I enjoy that. Um, like, we'll be, like, seeing people and be like, mm. and Brian will play along with my pettiness and cattiness, oh and I enjoy God. that about him. He also drinks Fireball like I drink Fireball. Does he? He does. And he's just genuinely a good time. Mm. Like, I had a, I went out with them on Sunday, and I really had a great time. So we went to Taboo in Philly, and it was karaoke, and it was Drag Queen hosted. <laughs> So, Brian, Jay's boyfriend, actually works at Taboo, mm-hmm. and he does the drag shows there. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned, jokingly, I was like, you know, I want to be a, a, a girl drag queen, a bio queen, isn't that what they call him? And he was like, yeah, that's exactly what they call him, call them. So, I'm like, all right. And he was like, when we go upstairs, you can audition. And I thought he was just fucking around, like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I get up there, and I sing, let's hear it for the boy, and you know, the gays love Footloose. So, <laughs> and I know they do because one of the boys came up to me and was like, oh my God, you could totally be in the movie, in the um, musical Footloose. So, which definitely made you feel really good. made me feel like all types of good. Yeah. And then I started singing and they just started handing me money and I didn't know how to react to it. So I gave them their money back. <laughs> I was like, here, I don't need this, but thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And they're like, no, we enjoyed you. And I was like, and I just need you to enjoy me. <laughs> So Brian's like, yeah, you're definitely going to be um, a bio queen in my show come September. And I'm, I'm very curious about what it what it entails, though. Like, I'm not sure if I'm singing with my natural voice or if I'm lip singing or... Um, I thought you said you have to sing with your regular voice. I thought I did. But then every, I've been watching these videos and nobody else does. It's all lip syncing. Mm. So I'm not sure. I'm going to have to talk to Brian about it. Um, I have to have three songs. Oh my god, I want to see you as a drag queen so bad now. Right? Like, I am super stoked. And Paco's like, alright, babe, we'll do this. And I was like, I'm so excited we'll get all our friends to go. And when I say our friends, his mind automatically goes to, like, Mikey, Lester, all of <laughs> Right? And he was like, well, babe, you know, you got me to go. He was like, you know, I don't know if, you know, all them other people. And I was like, first of all, when I say our friends, I mean my friends. <laughs> The ones that I know will come to Philly and watch Jamie be a drag queen. Oh, you know I will. I.e. my sister, her husband. Right. The girl that we shoot pool with is like, oh, I'm there. Me, Um, me and Bruce. You and Bruce. Like, Jess, Jen, Bake, all those Is it a bar bar? It's a bar bar. Okay, so you can't bring in kids. It is a three-story bar. No, you can't bring in kids. It's 21 and older. I was going to bring your niece. Because she would oh, love she that. She would love that. But you can you can videotape it for her. Okay, I will. So, yeah. So, uh, apparently I get $75 for doing the show and then whatever I get tipped. And Brian said not to be surprised if I walked out there with like $300. Oh my God, really? And I was like, bitch, I'll do this full time if I get $300 a gig. Oh my God. I'm like, babe, I need to ride to Philly every night this week. <laughs> You'd have to put together a new show every day. I could do it. I think you could. I'm going to be a performer. 
Well, didn't you say you didn't know if you wanted to do Dolly, Reba? So, so I was told that I have to do Let's Hear It For The Boy, because that is, Brian requested that. So, Let's Hear It For The Boy is definitely one of them. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do 9 to 5 or Fancy for my second song. And then my third song, it's got to be like a showstopper. So, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that one, but... Fancy can't be a showstopper? I guess Fancy could be a showstopper. Because you could just do all three. I could. I could. Like, I could make Fancy a showstopper. Oh, my God. What is... you got to figure out what your name's going to be. Oh, Stella Ware. Stella Ware? Yes. Me and Brian already figured it out. Oh, my God. He was like, Delaware. And I was like, Stella Ware. Oh, my God. Stella. That is amazing. So, Stella Ware. If I ever had a daughter, I would want to name her Stella. I, Jay's, I love that name so much. Jay took a quiz and his, um, <laughs> he took a quiz. His drag queen name is Helen a Handbasket. <laughs> and I was like, I really like that one, but you already got it. So Stella Ware it is. I like Stella Ware. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Thanks. I'm very oh excited my. about it. And you're getting ready to start a new job. And I start my new job on Monday. But can I tell you what is not exciting? Hmm. Being a girl on your period in the motherfucking summertime. I think oh it's God. rude. I think it's rude of Mother Nature. I feel like people, as a, women, should have a mating season. Like, where you have three months that you bleed, and then the rest of the day, the rest of nine months, you're, you're home free. Oh, my God. I feel like that's the way it should be. Okay. Like, you're just in heat for these three months. <laughs> and it's, not, and it's over? And it's not the summer months. It's like the boring months, like January, February, and March. Right. Like, where there's nothing going on. Like, July 2nd, or January 2nd, you you go into heat. And then March March 2nd, it's done. In the cold months? In the cold months. What's wrong with you, though? What's wrong with you right now? I'm miserable because I'm hot and I'm on my period. (laughs) And my car, my car air conditioning does not give a shit about me. Dolly is like, fuck you, bitch. Don't you know what's hot? I don't want to work. And then... As soon as I pull onto your street, it's like, oh, yeah, we cool right now. And then she'll, like, spit out some cold air. <laughs> and then I, I have to park the car. And I, I almost left my car on. <clears throat> so I really we, enjoy that you have to turn around instead of just going straight out. I don't know my way that way. I, it's I, a big I, oval. I don't, I don't care. I don't know my way. I, I, I know how I go. She turns all the way around like an like, old lady in my driveway. I do driveway. not like being... Um, lost I don't like not knowing where I'm at the other day I had to take Hayden to one of his friends house and I took a wrong turn and I had to pull over into a parking spot tell him I don't give a fuck if you didn't want me to smoke a cigarette I was smoking a goddamn cigarette I had to get my life together it took me about 10 minutes to calm the fuck down and then we were on our way really and Hayden was like I told you this is the way to go you just have to see it through and I was like like you do your fucking Spanish homework Hayden (laughs) Oh my God! Well, somebody else who seeing things through Who's saying responded through? this week. Who responded? Well, we're gonna say it's Nick Cannon because he really sees his sperm all the way through to make more babies. You know what? He sure the fuck does. He's not a quitter, and his pullout game is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he even cares at this point. He's like, whatever. He's like, I'm just, a billionaire. Just coming all of them. Who cares? I'm a it's billionaire. Fine. It's fine. I'll have eight hundred kids. I know. Well, he got a lot of blowback. <laughs> For being a man whore. It's just disgusting. He's gross. And, like, why do these women keep, like, letting him stick his pee-pee in them? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Oh, here we go. I would allow him to enter me. (laughs) I would. But I am not dumb enough to get pregnant by a man. Like, that's where I get that. But he's disgusting. And I don't care that he's disgusting. Like, he's still, you know, kind of a hottie. Well, I just think he's disgusting. And according to Today.com, he finally responded. And this is what he says. Nick Cannon, father of seven, responds to criticism for welcoming four kids in seven months. But, I mean, these women, like, too, like, are you completely oblivious to the fact that you're no, on your No, they own? know. They know. And he's, he, I, I guarantee you, Nick Cannon might be out there putting babies down. But he's paying for them. He's supporting these children. It's, it's still a broken home. He's still not in those but homes. But he's still supporting his children. And so we don't what? know that he's not in these babies' lives. I'm not saying he's not in their lives. I'm saying they're all broken homes. 
There is not a daddy at home with all of these children every single night. Not with Mariah. Not with these other four fucking women. None. Look, my dad was a drunk and my mom was a drug addict. And I turned out just fine. Oh, yeah. You're killing it in life. I I mean, I'm not... Both of us. Look at both of us at this point. Your dad was home, though. He Your dad was, was always home. He was home and angry. <laughs> he was still home. He was Anyway, home. it says Nick Cannon is defending the number of children he's recently welcomed. The mass singer host and father of seven says it's no accident that he's been expanding his family. He says, I'm like a seahorse, he joked Power 106 Los Angeles on Wednesday while talking to rap duo JT and Young Miami. Where did he even come with these things? He said, wrap it up and protect yourself, JT told him. Cannon 40 said, having children is by design. He said, I'm having these kids on purpose, he said. I don't have no accident. And trust me, there's a lot of people I could have gotten pregnant that I didn't, he continues. The ones that I got pregnant are the ones that were supposed to get pregnant. You only live once. Oh, my God. How do you feel about it now? I feel like his big pickup line is, baby. Hey, girl, let me put a baby in you. (laughs) I'll let you see what's under my turban. (laughs) Ken has been particularly busy on the parenting front during the last year. He reportedly welcomed his seventh child in June when rumored girlfriend Alyssa Scott gave birth. Early this month, Cannon and professional DJ Abby De La Rosa had twin boys. That's his second set of twins, because Mariah got twins, too. Well, she probably got them because she couldn't even, you know, she probably had to have a little extra help. No, she had two babies. I know she did, but she probably had to get, like, you know, shots or something. I don't think so. You know? She wasn't that old when... You sure? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I think she was only in her 30s. How old was Mariah Carey when she had her twins? Oh, she was 41. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think she was old. I mean, not old, old, but, like, old to have babies old. Like, after, right, you have, I, after like, 35 or something, you gotta, gotta, like, keep an eye on it. So, she probably had to have a little help to have her babies, and that's why she had twins, I'm I thinking. I don't know. I mean, not I that know. she'd ever tell, Katie's but... Katie's gonna probably do IVF. I was like, bitch, I'm not babysitting more than three babies. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> more than three babies. Like, you pop out more than three, and I'm done. I was like, and then when you get those three, you keep one, I'll take one, I'll pick my favorite, and then the other grandmama could have one, and then we'll alternate. (laughs) I'll pick my favorite. You are not supposed to say these things. Like, And you know you don't mean it. I don't have time for the nonsense, three babies at once. And if you have three babies at once, get your motherfucking tubes tied. (laughs) Like, you don't need any more. Oh, my God. It says, earlier that month, Canyon Professional DJ Abby De La Rosa had twin boys following an April announcement that she was pregnant. Last December, he his family grew again when Brittany Bell gave birth to a girl named Powerful Queen Cannon. Shut the fuck up. I can't even with this bullshit. Powerful Queen. Bell and Cannon already had a son together. Golden Sagan or Sagan? Sagan? Cannon. Golden. Name's Golden. Cannon, born in 2017. Cannon also shares 10-year-old twin son Moroccan and daughter Monroe with his ex-wife, singer Mariah Carey. So. Those names are awful. Celebrity needs to quit naming their kids awful fucking names. You know what? They probably will have better lives than we did. Our families were together, and look how well we turned out. We ain't got all kinds of money. We ain't gonna be living in nice-ass houses now. Just because we had babies by Nick Cannon. I'm just saying. Like, maybe their lives will be, like, exponentially better than ours. I mean... We're just some trailer park girls that have a podcast now. <laughs> I was never a trailer park girl. Oh. I was the ghetto. Oh, no, you were the ghetto girl. You're right. The trailer you park were the and the ghetto park girl. girl. I know, I was. I know. Well, I mean, I don't know. Two They'll probably end up being fine. And that's where they met Jamie outside the ghetto. In the ghetto. That's well, I I'm saw in. this thing about, um, I was reading something this morning. I tried to save it. And I couldn't figure out how to save it. That's how you know how old I am now. I don't know how to use these convoluted little phones. But it was saying a Drake, I guess. You know how Drake is always doing something. Uh-huh. I don't know. He's always dealing with somebody. And it said um, he was with some girl for like a long time. And all of a sudden he was mentoring some kid that is like in the NBA. In the NBA, I mean. Uh-huh. And I guess now he's like dicking down that kid's wife or mother. What? And then I forget her name is like something Sophie or some shit. And I was like, oh my god, she's built like a black Kardashian, but she's not, like, she's very light-skinned. But yeah, I was like, oh my god, like, I was trying to figure out who she was, and I'm like, oh my god. And it's weird, like, those big butts look really weird in pants. Like, oh my god, Becky, look at her butt and those jeans. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. 
this woman, she's built like a Kardashian. Oh, so she... But, like, when you look at them in, like, their bikinis head on, they look great. Like, I love their bodies. I'm like, oh, my God, look at them. Flat stomach. They got great boobs and wide hips. They look great. But then you see them in pants and their butts look like they took two dumps in both sides. That's because they're not real. And... But I think they are. Kim Kardashian's ass is not real. You don't think so? Fuck no, I don't think so. I watched her sex tape. That is not real. You watched her sex tape? Yeah. Oh, okay. I also watched The Night in Paris. Did you? Yeah. I had to like. I never saw the Kardashian sex tape before. Where the fuck have I been? But anyway, yes, I saw that and I was like, oh my god! And like, check out this this woman. She's got a kid that's going into the NBA and the NBA. I guess he's in college right now and he's like big time. Like everybody wants him. Right. And apparently like, I forget what his freaking name is, but I guess Drake is mentoring him. And I'm like, well, what has he got to mentor him for? He's not an NBA player. He just has a lot of money. And I guess they were saying that now, um, whoever he was with before for all these years, like made some sort of statement, like after all these years. And then he just like drops you for the mother of a uh, future NBA star or some shit like that. I don't know. I lost the damn thing, but I was like looking at him like, oh my God, like, holy shit. Like she's gorgeous. But then you turn her around and her butt looks weird. Anyway. I know you're like, are you done talking about somebody's ass? I think so. So, um, I got a few things we can talk about. Um, huh. How about this one? So, mom wants to know, this is from awkwardmom.com. 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 Awkward, that sounds fun. Like, awkwardmom.com. Oh, my God. Like, okay. I feel like I should have a jingle. Anyway, All right. Awkwardmom.com. <laughs> a mom You're like, I'm going to make this a thing. It's going to happen. <laughs> a mom wants to know if she was in the wrong for leaving a baby shower thrown by her creepy in-laws. This is kind of funny. As a woman, the time you spend pregnant and postpartum is some of the most vulnerable times of your life. We're trying to care for ourselves, take care of another human being that we're growing, and it depends solely on us, and the hormones swirling around combined with the physical changes to make our emotional states understandably fragile. Mm. It can be trying, but joyous. There was nothing joyous for me about being fucking pregnant by y'all. I was going to say, I hate being pregnant. I threw up for nine fucking months. Yeah, Anyway. uh, It could be a trying time, but if you have a great support system around you, um, so I can imagine that this woman has gone through with her husband and in-law's bizarre behavior. It's not, am I the asshole? It's not? It is. Oh, okay, I was going to say, wait a minute, it sounds she like She tells it. the Reddit for, forum, am I the asshole, that since she got pregnant, her husband has been a bit too excited and has all but stopped calling her by her name in favor of using mommy. Ew. Oh my god. Ew. Even though she has asked him to stop. His family bizarrely calls her by the baby's name. What? 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 Even though she expressly asked her mother-in-law... Her mother-in-law to not throw her a party. She did it anyway, using a gift from her son to trick the woman into showing up. They groped her belly, ordered a distasteful cake that she couldn't even eat because her husband wasn't allowing her to eat dairy or processed sugar for the baby. And when she said she wanted to leave, he said she was acting crazy. Oh, my God. She left anyway, calling a cab and going home before letting him know she was fine. And even though only 30 minutes had passed, he called the police. Now he's angry and the in-laws want him to divorce her and sue her for full custody and she's not sure if she overreacted. Um, (laughs) She overreacted. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, and she's like, um, no one, no one, no one at all thinks she's the asshole here. Not the asshole and hello, red flags. Holy cow. I'm enraged on your behalf. Your husband is lucky you're considering staying with him after this kind of bullshit. What the fuck? <laughs> this bullshit. What the fuck? Obviously not the asshole. Info, does your husband respect you? Clearly not, based solely on his actions. Yikes. And then there's a girl that just went ahead and put like 1,000 red flags in the comment section. Mm-hmm. He won't even let her eat dairy and processed sugar because it's bad for the baby. Not the asshole. Just reading this, I felt like, what oh, the God. fuck? Oh, God. 
So it's saying largely because she's mentally being mentally and emotionally abused. I mean, who does this kind of thing to someone who's pregnant? Mm. Somebody said you need to make an emergency appointment with your doctor right now and tell them everything that's going on. <laughs> your family needs to drive down from whatever state they're from and get you right now. If you're not allowed dairy, what are you going doing for calcium needing to keep your bones healthy? Right. I, I, oh, God. Why, why, why do families have bitch, to be so weird? This one said, bitch, your family is crazy. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't posted any updates. I hate that when they kind of leave you out and you're like, they come do. on. They, it's like a World of Family report where they just like abruptly stop the story and you're like, what? I know. It's like, come I need on, dude. more information. Well, excuse me. I got the burps all of a sudden. I'm so sorry. She's a lady. I'm telling you. <laughs> I swear to God, it's awful. Um, so, big news. What's the big news? So, Sesame Street is having their first gay dads. That's impressive. It is kind of interesting. Because you know what? No matter if you like things or you don't like things, these are the worlds you live in. And I think our kids need to just know what is happening in their world. Just in general, they should be exposed to it. Right. Because every family is different. Some have two mommies. Some have two daddies. Mm -hmm. Some have a mommy and a daddy. Some have just the mommy. Some have just the daddy. Like, there are so many different family dynamics out there. And... Children should be exposed to every last one of them. I think so. And I don't even think, like, necessarily, because I know, you know, some people are just really homophobic, right? Or they don't even want to say that they're homophobic. They want to be like, it's just wrong. Even if you're of that, like, your children still need to be educated about what's happening in right. the world. You know what I like, mean? Like, I feel like I'm in, like, a hundred years, I want to be at a place. I mean, I'm going to be dead. Mm-hmm. But I want to be at a place where it's, like, just normal. Like, nobody even cares yeah, it's like it. people are just people and you gravitate to who, you know, who you, who you love, you know, who you love. And we've taken that kind of stance in our house, um, you know, with the kids and we were very open with them and saying, you know, we don't really care, you know, what you're, you know, what you gravitate towards as long as you're, you know, being good people. Right. And you're involved with good people. Um, you know, that's really all we care about. You know, we don't care what color they are, what gender they are, whatever. I mean... Obviously, I don't want somebody to, like, come home with some wackadoodle person. But I don't think that really... To me, it doesn't matter if they're gay or straight or what color they are. I just don't as want them to be, like, they're assholes. they're not crazy. They're not crazy. So like, I don't care what you bring home. Just, God, let her be... Let her, him, she, they... Whatever your pronouns whatever are. Pronouns, their pronouns are, just be intelligent. Yeah, so according to dadpatrol.com... <laughs> It says, Excuse Sesame me. Street welcomes gay dads for first time in shows 51-year history. Now, I have not read this yet, so I don't know what Dad Patrol, what their stance is on it or not. So let's just look into it. So if it starts saying anything. Is Dad Patrol, like, fucking <coughs> one million moms? Because we yeah, don't but want to just dads. with them. I know, so it says, Sesame Street has continually been ahead of the curve when it comes to inclusivity, representation, and tackling tough topics all in a way that children can understand and relate to. So far, sounds good. So far, sounds so Sounds like they're, like, good, you know, because I... I'm on it with already. It says, this Pride Month, Sesame Street is celebrating all different kinds of families by doing something that's never been done in the 51-year history of the show, inviting a married gay couple to hang out on Sesame Street. Nice. I know. In a Facebook post shared by Alan... I'm kind of fucking it. jealous, though, because now they know how to get to Sesame Street. I know. And I'm still asking people to tell me how to get there. How to get there. Um, I don't know what the... Uh, it says, Maraca, maybe? Um, co-director and actor and actor for the episode Sesame Street announced that since it has always been a welcoming place of diversity and inclusion, the show was excited to introduce Mina's brother Dave, his husband Frank, and their daughter Mia to our sunny street. The post was met with overwhelmingly positive feedback from people who were eager to watch. Um, his post continues, I am so honored and humbled to have co-directed this important and milestone episode, because it kind of is, yeah. if you think about it. I mean, it's been like the stay for like what most people, or what they really model other things for, I think, you know, it's a big deal. Um, love like if is you've lo- made it to Sesame Street, you've made it to the big time. That's what I'm kind of feeling like at this point. Love is love, and we are so happy to add the special family to our Sesame family. Happy Pride to all. The inclusion of the married men in the Sesame Street family is an exciting example of the recent and overdue push to include LGBTQ plus characters in media and popular culture. The show recently aired an episode called Family Day that features a family of two dads named Frank and Dave as well as their daughter Mia. The dads are played by Alex Weissman and Chris Costa, 
while Mia is played by Olivia Perez. The characters end up joining the neighborhood family before surprising Big Bird at a birthday party or at a party. A character in the episode observes, all of our families are so different. Oh my god, that's so cool. Aw, that makes me so happy. I mean, for the record, we all know Bert and Ernie are gay. I'm kind of, kind of seeing that way. I thought, they, are they brothers? No. They're not brothers. No. I Bert and Ernie has, has always been speculated on the DL. <laughs> on the DL, as I know. roommates, when actually... Ernie's like, rubber ducky, you're the one. And and he's talking about Bert's penis. <laughs> he doesn't have a penis. He's a, what's him called? But that's so funny. Oh my God, I don't even know what to do with this right now. Figuratively. <laughs> well, I mean, I know they sleep in the same bed. Don't they like, no, sleep they in have, the same bed? They don't have the same bed. They have they twins don't, they bed. Have twin bed. Jesus, I need to catch up on Sesame Street because I don't know. For some reason, I, w- I would think in my mind that they would wake up in the same bed. And Bert had a teddy bear. Get the teddy bear's name. And Ernie had his rubber ducky. All right. And Bert had a unibrow. <laughs> and Ernie was extra. Yeah. Like, super extra. So I, I, I always considered Bert and Ernie gay anyway. And I know that's not exactly what they were going for. But, I mean, it's been talked about for years and years and years that Bert and gay, Ernie are gay. Well, they've not come out and said they're gay yet. They've not done that. <laughs> well, give it a month. Apparently, I mean it now. Sesame Street is being more open about things like that. And in a month's time, you're going to, they're going to pan into Bert and Ernie and they're going to come rushing out the closet Oh my god! Everybody, everybody loves how you and say everybody's closet. gonna be like, "Duh!" Everybody's like, "I love the way Jamie says closet. It's closet." Yeah, Fitz told me that the other day. Then he said he like, likes the way you say it. Yeah, I like you in the closet. Um, I'm watching The Sopranos now. Oh, good for you! Parker tried to get mm-hmm. me into it. I just never got into it, and I still. I'm on season one. Like I literally just started it yesterday. Like from the beginning, I'm binging it while I work. Mm-hmm. And um, it just made me think of it when you said in the closet because it's like the way they talk. <laughs> anyway, but that I am done with that, by the way. I am done with that one. And there's a lot more to say, but it really just goes on about the same stuff. So congratulations to Sesame Street. And it may all our kids um, be able to see the world that they live in and have parents that are willing yeah. to talk to them about it. Sunny days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have something. Not, <laughs> okay. Not about Sesame Street, but another another famous place. Uh-huh. So I have from Ranker.com, um, and they got this from the Graveyard Shift, and it is the dark story. Oh, shit. The dark story of the Overlook Hotel. Okay. Um, which is actually the hotel from The Shining with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And they have that other one, Dr. Sleep. I have not watched that yet. So I've good. S- Oh, did you see it? So I haven't seen good. it yet. Oh, yeah. Me and Lori made sure we watched that shit. Okay. Anyway, it says, There's never been a haunted house story quite like The Shining. When the Torrance family sign was... the When the Torrance family sign on as a winter vacation caretaker of the Overlook Hotel in Colorado, they know they're going to deal with a fair amount of cabin fever. But they're woefully unprepared for the spirits that roam the halls of the hotel. Oh. The spirits in King's novel are horrifying and gruesome, but they're held in a place by the... They're held in place by the Overlook. Not just a haunted hotel, the building in the very ground on which it is built, and it was long cursed. The history of the Overlook is rich with horrible mafia violence, underhanded dealings, and personal tragedy. So, Stephen King took this place and ran with it, but there's actually an actual truth to the fact that it's haunted and why it's haunted. That might be a little bit about where he came up with the idea to yeah, run with but it. He, he he took it and ran with it. The Shining yeah. and, it, and its multiple adaptations have given the life to the Overlook time and time again, which makes tracing its history, the theories about the spirits inside, and its effects on those who live within the walls both deeply, deeply troubling and fascinating. Right. Built in 1907, the loco- location was chosen for its seclusion and beauty, and it is beautiful. Like, look at that mountain behind it. Oh, wow, that is really nice. It's beautiful. Robert Townley. My freaking phone. Because it's broken, it's acting crazy. 
Um, Robert Townley Watson began construction on the Overlook Hotel in 1907. Chosen for the serenity of the nature surrounding the site, the structure took two years to build in the 1980s. <clears throat> the Shining Hotel manager, Stuart Ullman, explained that the Native Americans went after the construction crew for building on sacred land. Well, you shouldn't have done that. You're a dick. I know, really, right? Like, you know better. Right. Even, you, if, like, you didn't see Poltergeist? I was about to say that. Did you not see Poltergeist? Even with the attacks, the crew continued building on an indigenous um, internment ground. So, uh, fuck. The Indian burial ground. Did you watch Pet Cemetery? <laughs> There's all these different things. The ground, Did you not see any The ground was bad. Anyway. <laughs> once finished, the structure was named the Overlook. Literally meaning not to notice something. At the time, its name was likely referred to the view. It's technically looking over a gorgeous scenery, but in time, its name came to be incredibly iconic. Oh, ironic. In 1927, the hotel became a top destination for the jet set, including Henry Ford. Didn't it just say in the 80s? This is one of those awful... This is, this is all, one of those like, awful ones? Right, it must be. Because they went from the 80s to 1927. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it says the hotel became a top destination for the jet set, including Henry Ford. In nineteen in the nineteen seventy sevens, The Shining, Jack discovers a pile of old desk registers that illustrate just how popular the Overlook was in the early years of operation. According to the hotel records, the Overlook became a destination for the American jet set in nineteen twenty seven when Henry Ford and his family stayed at the Colorado Resort. Mm. Stars followed in Ford's footprints. And shortly afterwards, an Overlook played host to Gene Harlow in 1930, as well as Clark Gable. Oh, my God, I love him. Mm-hmm. And Carol Lombard. After looking at the ledgers, Jack concluded that the management must have been spectacularly bad if they couldn't stay open with so much money passing through the hotel. It's not clear if the hotel's monetary woes in this era were caused by poor managerial decisions or the ghost haunting the Overlook's hallways. Oh, now we're skipping to 1945. <laughs> there was a lavish party in which a man in his dog costume. What? I'm going to reread that. Mm-hmm. A lavish party in which a man in a dog costume named Roger was slain. Okay. Okay, so it says anyone who's seen 1980s The Shining has no doubt had the man in the dog mask that Wendy sees while running through the upstairs hallways of the Overlook seared into their brain. But there's more to this story than a cinematic non sequitur. In King's original text, the man in the dog's mask is identified as Roger, a man who, is, who had a fling with a Horace Dewart in, a, in Cuba before following him to Colorado. Mm-hmm. A ghostly woman explains to Jack <clears throat> that while Dewart is bisexual, he never maintains relationships with men he sleeps with. She says Roger was only allowed back into his presence after agreeing to do so as a doggy. Wow. Oh my god. Roger was so infuriated with with Durant, he spent the entire entirety of the lavish party dressed as a dog and performing tricks while howling along to the band. King King doesn't go into details about how Roger and the dogman left the mortal quarrel and joined the spirits of the Overlook, but it's likely that foul play kept him in place in the hotel. Oh my goodness. Horace M. Dubert saved the hotel when it was bought in the 1940s. In the 1977, in 1977s, that's what it says. In 19, oh my god, this is like the worst in written article. In 1977s, like, they weren't sure if it was, like, that, it's got it, like, it's 77s owns it. <laughs> the Shining. <laughs> oh, in 1977s, The Shining. Oh! Oh my god. King if you don't get what you're saying. King shit. writes that he the Overlook was sold multiple times between 1929 and 1936. It wasn't until after World War II that the hotel was purchased by Horace Derwent, a millionaire inventor, pilot, film producer, and entrepreneur. Allman explains that while Durant had a Midas touch everywhere outside the Overlook, he didn't have the same luck with the hotel. After sinking $3 million into reservations for the Overlook, he ended up selling the hotel to a group of investors from California. Even though DeWent's tenure at the Overlook didn't see any visitors, the hotel is as grand as it as it is because of him. This would not be his final visit to the Overlook Hotel. In 1963, <sighs> High County Investments purchased the hotel, but Horace Durant eventually got controlling interest through sh- shady practices. 
Shady practices. It's not clear what the investors what the investors from California wanted to do with the Overlook, but between 1952 and 1963, the hotel itself was little more than a curiosity. In 1963, the hotel was sold to High Country Investments, and its spokesperson, Robert T. Leffing, it wasn't long before Durant worked his way back into the ownership of the hotel. In 1977's The Shining, Jack Torrance finds a copy of the paper from Denver that lays out his whole connections to Las Vegas. While the paper doesn't state that he is mobbed up, it's definitely suggested. In 1963, a group of unnamed investors purchased the hotel from High Country Investments with the intention of turning the Overlook into a key club. Oh. Mm-hmm. With memberships going to ex- to executives in American and foreign countries. It's Hoisted in the article, Mafia Free Zone, Colorado, <laughs> featured in King's book that Durant was actually being, actually had a controlling interest in the high country investments, which means he bought the hotel from himself and then sold it to the shady Las Vegas types with connections to the gambling world. And isn't that just mm-hmm. lovely? Durant had dealings with the mob who used the hotel to conduct illegal business, including, oh, including hits. So, if you haven't got invited to this hotel, chances are you ain't coming back alive. While getting to the bottom of Overlook's history, Jack makes us call to Ullman to see the information he can squeeze out of his boss. During the investigation and subsequent call, he discovers that DeWant, the mafia, the mafia members who purchased the hotel, used it as a way to conduct their illegal business privately. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Durant's shady dealings go hand-in-hand hand with mob activities at the time. The Overlook isn't just a palatable hotel in the middle of some beautiful countryside. It also miles away from any town. If the mob wanted to do away with someone or just take care of some off-the-book business, it's a great place to make something like that happen. While researching the hotel story, Jack realizes it's nearly impossible to figure out who actually owns the hotel because it's so tied up in various holdings. He believes this is both the benefit of obscuring and overlook nefarious past with organized crime and a way to keep the government out of Durant's bank account while he was still alive. Okay, so, well, what's about, I want to hear the stuff about so it basic, being haunted. Like, so basically, well, these are the ghosts that haunt the hotels in the movies. So I'm thinking here, thinking that this is about um, the actual ghosts, but this is just them basically telling you the story of The Shining. Well, it's kind of going into, like, who owns it and all that kind of stuff. Right. And that's boring. Right, it is just them telling you the story of The Shining. Well, maybe that's how, like, when he did the research on that place, maybe that's where he came up with it. Yeah, maybe. But then it says that the the hotel was actually used for other things. Like, there's something, um, it's a nexus in his his work, like the town Castle Rock is. Mm -hmm. Um... It pops up in the book Misery. The site later becomes a cramp ground that attracts roaming vampires in Dr. Sleep's 2013 Dr. Sleep. That's the same thing? The same? Mm-hmm. Really? 20, in 2019, the Overlook was wiped out by Danny Torrance. This is the one. Okay. Um, yeah. This is the one that was really, really good. It's Flanagan's 2019 adaption of Dr. Sleep. Okay, got it. But okay. Danny Torrance... Is the the kid from the original Shining? Oh, all right. Okay. Jack Torrance's son. So basically, I just went through this whole entire thing just to figure out that they just told me the story of the Shining when I could just <laughs> fucking watch that shit. <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking. I'm like, is it going to get into the part where they're like, you know, doing scary things? Because I want to hear about that part. Right. Now I'm just really disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not everything always is going to work out the way we and want. And I, I even read, like, the first few pieces of it before I left home, and I was like, oh, that sounds good. God damn it. Okay, well, you know what didn't sound good to somebody? What? Being on a plane. So, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> so, this is from Complex. Right. And it says, woman, woman duct taped a plane seat after attempting to open the plane door during an apparent mental breakdown. Who the fuck does that? I don't know. You know what? Me. I do that because I've never did it that much, but Bruce literally just ratted me out again to somebody. I forget who the hell he was talking to about me being on a plane and me freaking out. Oh, I think he was telling Christopher. So, um, okay. So two things. 
before I go into this, because it just made me think about it, because I might talk about Christopher. So my son comes home last Thursday, and I'm wondering where he is. Like, I'm Thursdays are usually like the days that I'm out. I'm, I'm inspecting houses on Thursdays. Well, the child isn't there, and I'm like, oh, you know, you don't think much of it. He's probably with one of his friends. So he comes home, and he proceeds to tell me that he signed up for the Marines. Fuck, he did? What? Yes, he did. I thought I told you this already. No. Yeah, so he had been wanting to go into the military for a while. And, um, you know, we come from a military, law enforcement, family anyway, right? So... Not completely out of the realm of possibility for him to be in it. His old never his, even seen like the type though. Like I would have never high school even, he wanted to. I never even guessed that for him. Yeah, in high school he wanted to. Um, well, his two older brothers, one is like a Green Beret and the other one's like a Navy SEAL. Like they're like big deals. They're like Call of Duty people. You know what I mean? Like they're the people you see. So who? Christopher's older brothers. Christopher has older brothers. Yeah, my ex husband's brothers. Oh, you're talking about Christopher, your ex-husband. Yeah, well, yeah, his uh, his, his brothers. Uncles. Yeah, Christopher's. Uncles. Oh, they're uncles. God, you're right. They're not brothers. Yeah. Jesus Christmas, brothers. I was like, what? I mean, uncles. Oh my God, why do I keep saying brothers? His uncles. Oh my God, that shows you how like ridiculous I am these days. But um, yeah, his uncles. So he has um uncles that are also in it, and then on my side, I have uncles that were in the military, and then he has other uncles that are in law enforcement. So I mean, it's just. It kind of goes hand in hand. Anyway, so he was thinking about doing it anyway in high school. But at that time, I was like, well, okay, how about, like, I don't know, the reserves where you only go on the weekends and you come back home. So he came home and he told me that he went and took, like, the AMFAB or whatever the hell it's called, the ah. test that they take. And um, he was waiting to hear back about what they thought because he really wants to work on, like, defense systems and weapons and things like that. And which he'd probably be great at. I mean, he's really good with computerized stuff anyway. So... I'm like, okay, and then I'm like, are you sure? Like, I don't understand, because now his friends are going to the military, like, one's going to the Air Force, one went to the Army and everything, and he, he kind of broke down why he wanted to do it, and I was like, I got upset, and I was, like, crying, because I'm like, he's going to be away from me, and for, it would have been 12 years, it, well, it was 12 years this month, that um, it was, you know, before I got married, that it was just me and the boys. Right. <clears throat> and I was like, no, you were supposed to get a wife. And have children and settle down in your bedroom upstairs. Like, you don't leave. Like, you're not supposed to move out. You know what I mean? I was like, no. Like, I mean, have you really thought this through? And, oh, my God, I don't want you to be in the military. I mean, why the Marines? Like, he wants to be real badass? Apparently, because he said that. Why don't you join the Air Force with your buddy and just, like, have good, eat good food and not really have to do nothing? I know. Well, he said he didn't want it. He says it's the hardest. It's the hardest hardest training. It's the hardest training, and they do everything. They're not specialized, so they do, you know, land, air, and sea in the Marines. They do everything. Right, and here's the thing. And it's the hardest training, and he said he wants to be swole, and he wants to do all this stuff, and he is not physically ready to go yet, just yet. Like, I guess he's got to do some PE work, So and they do, like, PE with you. So he signed up for that, and today he's doing MEBS or something? Some shit? I forget what the hell it's called. Bruce knows because Bruce was in the army, so, so he knows. But so the he's there for two days. Are gonna be like that's a hard training. Mm-hmm. It's in from here. He'd probably go to Paris Island. Yeah, it's Paris Island. Yeah, he'll have to go to Paris in Island, North Carolina, mm-hmm. where it's so hot that when we went to see my ex's nephew graduate from Marine Corps mm-hmm. from boot camp, Katie almost died from the heat. <laughs> oh my god. Like, it is terrible heat. But Paris Island's beautiful. Mm. Like, it's it's absolutely beautiful. And Yeah, we have family that was trained in Paris Island. So, so. here's Christopher, who chances are is not going to get stationed close to home. So Yeah, I know. That's what I said. Like, he's, like, taking his little, like, fucking grown-up life. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to jump right in both feet. Bye, Mom. That's kind of what happened. And I balked against that. I mean, I'm obviously, you know... I, look, I don't, I mean, to me, it's like my first thought was you're going to die. Like, immediately you're going to die, and I'm never going to see you again, and you're going to die. And I know that's not really true. And then it was like, well, what, what, is, what am I really thinking? And I'm really thinking that I'm upset because we're going to be away from each other, and right. I've never been away from you for more than probably five days because my parents took them to, like, Florida one time. And that was the longest I'd ever been away from them was five days. And I was like, holy shit. So, like, his whole life, I've only been away from him for five days. So now he's going to go off and no, do this. because the 
kids go? They used to go to Maine with their dad and things. They went to Maine twice for a week. Oh, okay, two weeks. So the longest we've been away from each other is two weeks. That's it. And it's not I that mean, long. I, Katie moved out and the pandemic hit. And then Maryland locked down. Like, you weren't even allowed to cross state lines. So I didn't see my kid for like four months after that awful fight. I know. So uh, that was fucking terrible. But after a while, like, Katie would come over and I love her. But when she comes over, I feel like she never fucking leaves. <laughs> leave now like that's she, why she's husband. gonna listen to this and be like fuck you mom i know like bitch whatever well i told i told um i asked christopher i said well you know where are you gonna go and he was like i'm, I'm probably gonna go to harris island in, in north carolina or south carolina whichever one it was and um that he said to me and i was like okay well i can go there it's fine i can go there it's fine and he was like it doesn't work that way i was like it does i'm like i'll just stay in a hotel like down the street you know i'm like i can work from anywhere i'll just I'll work from there, and um, I was like, I'll just get my little stadium chair, and I'll just sit on the outside of the fence, and if I see, I'll be like, there's my baby, you're doing a great job! I was like, I'll do that. And then and I'll, I'll get picked on by his drill instructors and made his life a living hell. I was like, and then I'll make sure that I cook on, like, I don't know, like, what do they have over there? Hot plates. I'll cook you some dinner on a hot plate, and I'll put it outside of the fence. Oh, my God. I'll like, so he's like, No, oh. you can't, you can't even do that when you call. You have to be like, hey, buddy, how are things going? You have to listen to him and be like, all right, I love you, bye. And that's it. Like, because if they smell fear or weakness, <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, baby, I miss you, come home, or anything like that, like, the drill sergeants will make his life hell. <laughs> and I would say that this is because I, like, I've seen it in movies, but I was with Ron. Who was a Marine for 15 years. And then I was part of the Marine Corps where I hung out with all these old Marines. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely legit. Like, if, if Christopher gets sick and he's like, Mom, you know, I'm throwing up. And I went to the infirmary and they laughed at me. Your first reaction is going to be like, the fuck they did. <laughs> you can't do that because they will destroy him. Well, he was like, I was like, can you imagine? I'm like, they'll be coming out like on their gators. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Be like, man, we're going to need you to leave. Like, this is boot camp. You're not allowed to be here. Like, well, I'm just going to leave his food right next to the... No, you're going to take your food with you. No, I'm going to keep it right here. Ma'am, please, <laughs> please put tw- tossing bottles of water over the fence. I know. So then we got into how funny it would be to do, um like, videos of, like, my son is in boot camp and do those videos where you keep trying to, like, figure out a way to get onto the barracks, like, to go see your son. And, like, because you're that kind of mom. That would be so fucking funny. Tell me that wouldn't be hilarious video. That would be hysterical. And if Katie decided to join the military, I totally would have done that. But when the military started sending stuff to Katie when she was like a junior in high school, mm-hmm. like Ron would catch the mail and be like, no. That's <laughs> because it's his daughter. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I think he's going to do great. He's there. He's in, it's called Mebs or something. And he's there today. And um, he's very excited about it. And he said he can't wait. To parachute out of a plane because apparently they're going to make him do that. So yeah. and he's very, very excited about that. He can't wait. And if I have, I have this feeling inside of me that he's going to do amazing. Yeah, he's going to kill it. I think this. he's going to do really good. And he's all about it. Like he's and got he's, his little hat on. And for the record, Christopher is so handsome. Like he had to be a Marine. Like, oh my because God. it's the sexiest branch and he is so handsome. Well, you got to see him. They made him shave off his beard today. <gasps> Oh and he kept goodness. this little porn stash looking thing. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? He's going to have to get rid of that when they gas him. I know. I was like, no. I was like, you're going to put him in the gas chamber and it's going to be really hard for him, but he'll make it. Well, I know he'll get rid of that too. But I feel like he's going to fucking kill it. I feel I like too. he's going to love it. And he's mm-hmm. going to be like, I'm a Marine. He's going to be like a lifer. I think he probably will because he said I can stay with them for like 20 years and I can retire. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. But, um... Yeah, so he can't wait to jump out of a plane. And this woman, they had to, like, strap her down to the chair so she would not try to jump out of the plane. So there's no secret if you've listened to this podcast. I don't like getting on planes. I need to be completely sedated to get on a fucking plane. I and this like, woman needs to be, too. I like a Xanax mm-hmm. and, and a, little, a little bottle of wine, the little airplane-sized bottle of wine. Do that. I get on the plane. I go to sleep. Do you? And then I wake up in my destination. I do not like the takeoff, and I do not like the landing. I think the landing is worse than the takeoff. I don't like the takeoff. I like the landing is like we're done. I can get off this fucking plane. I can't wait. As soon as they start like you know going down, I'm like my my it's over with. Like because I know I'm almost done. No, I get sick. The landing makes me sick. Really? 
Uh, well, it says, this is according to Complex again. This was just posted on July 11th from Tara Mahadevan. Mahadevan. I don't know how to say that. It says, a woman on an American Airlines flight had an apparent mental breakdown, causing her to try to open the plane door mid-flight and attack flight attendants. What? Yahoo News reports that as a result, flight attendants had to duct tape the woman to her seat with the whole incident picked, or captured on a since-deleted TikTok video filmed by user at lol.arieE. Anyway. So the video allegedly shows the unknown woman in first class with tape on her mouth and body on a flight that was traveling to Charlotte, North Carolina. That was the other reason I picked this up. I was like, oh, they're going to North Carolina or, you know, come North Carolina from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. That's and so funny. there's this woman and they posted a picture of her and she really is. They duct taped her hands behind her back. They duct taped her to the seat and they duct taped her mouth. That's fucking fantastic. So the pers- that is crazy. Mm-hmm. The person narrating the TikTok said that the uproar began halfway into the flight when the attendants were running up and down the aisles, frantically kind of like whispering to each other, she continued. It was just kind of like chaos and no one knows what's going on. When the pilot finally acknowledged the incident over the intercom, he told passengers to remain in their seats due to a bad situation on the plane. That is nothing. You don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Though he didn't describe what was happening. Um, the TikTok user that filmed it said she finally learned what happened from a flight attendant who said that the woman was experiencing a mental breakdown in which she had an outburst and tried to get off the aircraft. She was saying, I need to get off this plane. And she went up to the exits and started banging on the door saying, you need to let me off this plane. That, that sounds like me. That was me that time when I went to leave Florida. I was like, baby, let's just get off the plane. Let's just get off the plane. We'll just drive home. Baby, let's get off the plane. And Bruce is like, ah, no. So the woman allegedly started to bite spit and attack the flight attendants which led to her getting duct taped i don't understand because you know there's fifty thousand people on that fucking plane that have xanax like i'd have been i'd have like taped her and then threw a hand <laughs> of xanax in her mouth and, like everybody give me one like <laughs> threw xanax and chugged a bottle of liquor with it she'd have been fine no you're not, you're not supposed to mix no, xanax you know with alcohol you know what? in 15 minutes that bitch would have been out and the flight would have went smooth easy peasy lemon squeezy <laughs> you know what it's funny that you said that i'm making an easy peasy beefy casserole for dinner so anyway <laughs> so it says in another video it seemed that what was happening seemed like it was beyond the woman's control she was scared she continued this is that same user that was filming it. You know what said, helped her with her nerves? Xanax. Xanax. And I know, right? It said they should have a better way of going about it. I feel like it was handled poorly, the lady said. Yeah. But I'm like, well, what else were they supposed to do? She was biting uh, they, they and should. screaming. Look, flight attendants should be trained in the art of giving somebody a needle. And they should have, like, vials of vol- volume just, like, on the plane for people like that. Just like, night-night. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm like, I feel bad for the woman. I can't imagine, um, like, how awful that would be. Look, To I'm, be that scared. So I'm I don't terrified, understand. but I'm getting ready to fly for the first time ever with Paco. So oh, he, when you go to Vegas? He's never seen me terrified or on the plane. So I have to put up a front and be like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And so we get on that plane. But... I already talked to Dr. Chaudhry and said, I need Xanax for the flight. And she was like, just let me know five days beforehand. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be dope the fuck up for my four-hour flight. Well, I definitely am going to do, um, definitely going to do, uh, they gave me Valium before, like this last time. I, I think I'll definitely try that again because I... We're supposed to reschedule our vacation to Jamaica, and that would be like our, you know, sort of our honeymoon that we didn't really get a chance to go on, and I'm not sure when we can reschedule it, but I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope that we can, so I'm excited. Um, Oh, here comes my other spawn. Every time. We're in the middle of doing our podcast. Hi, monkey. Can you get out, please? Are you going to run off and join an armed force? No, I can't have them both. You join NASA like a good boy. No, yeah, that's no, right. If I want to become an astronaut, I gotta join the Air Force. Most likely. Okay, well, can we talk about this in a minute? We're almost I'm on the phone. So I, I mean, have... I'm on the phone. I mean, I'm doing my podcast. I'm so used to saying the same thing to him. I'm on the phone. So, <laughs> let us end this today with something we haven't done in a while. Oh. Let's do a World News Daily report where the facts don't matter. Oh my people. god, hold on, wait. Christopher just sent me a thing. It says... He scored a 71. 
Out of 100. That's really good. Right. Like, most people only get, like, a 40. You gotta see. <laughs> I know. It's really good. That's, like, really good good. They haven't gone over all the jobs that I've qualified for, but I since I scored fairly high, I shouldn't have a problem getting any of the jobs that he, that he wants. Yay! <gasps> oh, my God! Tell the band Jamie's so super proud. Anyway. I just got it from him. Oh. Where the facts don't matter. Prisoner released after 25-year sentence, arrested for stealing bed sheets from his prison in his rectum. <laughs> what? A prisoner sent to be, set to be released this morning from Super Maximum Security Prison in Colorado after serving a 25-year sentence was arrested before even exiting the facility while attempting to steal bed sheets and a pillow and pillowcases from the prison hidden in his rectal cavity. Wait a minute, come on. <laughs> Why'd you pick this one? Because everything else was like borderline racist because that's what World News Daily Report does sometimes and I don't want the controversy. Oh, really? Of all the things you've said on here, anyway, that's what you draw the line at? 71-year-old Warren McIntyre served 25 <laughs> years in the federal prison system for kidnapping and murder. Wow. Kidnapping and murder. They went deep this morning. I know. Oh, my God. Committed in Denver in 1991, and he was set to be released from the ACX Florence Federal Prison, where he spent his last decades. During a cavity search before his release, security guards found a two, found two bed sheets and two pillowcases wrapped in plastic bags in Mr. McIntyre's rectal cavity. Aww. In accordance with the regulation of the... Of the Listen, in accordance with the regulations of the regulations of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. <laughs> the the regulations of the regulations. That's the normal fucking regulations. The man was immediately accused of third degree burglary and sent back to his cell to await his trial. A spokesman from the penitentiary, Mr. Michael James, described the theft as a possible desperate attempt to remain in prison during a brief press conference a few hours after the incident. It's probably what it is. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not real, but... Like, it's scary out there. Mr. James says that several prisoners commit crimes while in prison to avoid being released, but this is the first time an American prisoner is caught trying to steal it from a penitentiary facility. <laughs> Mr. McIntyre Mr. found God and renounced violence while in prison. I oh, guess God Lord. showed him a nonviolent way to remain in prison. It's weird, I admit, but I've seen worse. Mr. McIntyre is accused of third-degree burglary, and faces a maximum sentence of 24 months of imprisonment. The United States Attorney Office of the District of Colorado demanded a psychiatric evaluation to determine if his mental fit to stand trial, or can he be considered criminally responsible for his actions. Therefore, the beginning of his trial was scheduled in August to allow time to, for a complete evaluation. Oh my god. Yeah. That is awful. I just want you to understand... That's terrible. That's that's, a, that's so sad for World News Daily Report. Again, oh. I'm disappointed. I should have read this one. Dental patient under general anesthesia wakes up with a toothbrush in her pussy. Ah! <laughs> that would have been way better. <laughs> you need to do a better job with these. I know, I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Uh... Uh, what time is it? Okay. I should probably wrap this up. Huh? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Wrap it up, Jamie. If you've ever waken up with a pussy a toothbrush in your pussy, write <laughs> us in at straightfromthenet at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook oh and you God. can find me on the TikTok. And I talk about the podcast on the TikTok, so you can find me there. Um, it's just at Jamie Hullable. And we're on a shit ton of platforms, but we also have the one thing most podcasts don't. Tell them about it, Danielle. Do we have a radio show? We have a radio show. Oh, okay, I was like, what do we have that most podcasts don't have? I was like very, very confused. I was on it. So, uh, you can find us on the WMLT. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, sorry, do Christopher's we, texting me. Do we have a radio show? <laughs> do we have a radio show? So, I, but I was like, what do we have that most radios, I mean, most podcasts don't have? And then my son's like texting me about like, you know, the way, how Mebs went today or whatever. But, uh, so anyway, you can find us on the WMLD, the voice of Hudson Valley Radio, every Friday morning at 10 o'clock. If you miss it, that's okay. We're going to replay it. They're going to replay us again on Saturdays at 6 or 
Saturday? It's Saturday. Gosh dang it, why Saturday can't I remember? between 6 and 8 p.m. Just, uh, just, just check in if you miss it. And if you miss that too, that's okay because we're going to upload it to our mother platform, which is SoundCloud, which is then going to shoot out to all the different places that you can, I guess, listen to podcasts. Wherever you can find podcasts, right. you're going to find us. Because that is crazy that we are, like, we thought we had these little things and then we got people like, you know, I can't go on this. Oh, I can't go on that. Can I tell you real quick? Because Ireland's back. Ireland, you're back. You're back. So Did you I, write a bitch in? I know. I'm like, come on, guys. So I noticed that, and I wanted to do a shout-out. So what we'll do is we'll just, I guess we'll have to look at it next time. I don't know, since I we feel, don't really have time. I feel like your name is Connor. <laughs> well, I wanted to look and see what the um the countries were. And here oh, we go. Oh, Mick Hanelhey. So we've got Canada. Of, of Dublin. And we've got South Africa. South Africa's coming in pretty strong. We got like a couple like cities within South or with within yeah South Africa. Brussels is back. Brussels. Russia. Love your sprouts. <laughs> Love your vodka. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, look, I'm like they're back. But anyway, so we will keep putting out content if you guys listen. And eventually, you bastards over there in Ireland better write us in because we're getting a little angry because one day we're going to go on the road. We're going to come to a city near you. Whoever's not in America, write us. I know. And we're going to come to a city near you and you're going to be like, I've been listening to your podcast forever and you said it was me and I never wrote in. And we're going to be really upset with you. We're going to like call you out or something. I don't know. And is what it is. I'm going home. Yeah, Jamie's leaving. So anyway, we will see you next time. Be good people. Bye.